0: ho 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 happy hanukkah man
1: <laughs> did you kind of realize what you did have Yep, through? i sure did
0: <laughs> that's that is my american centrist approach to all holidays i guess apologies everyone
1: yeah, <laughs> welcome back <Santa's. laughs>
0: to another episode of happy amblin i'm your host diego crespo <laughs> 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 Me means my co-host mackeringo I'm, Agaringo. I'm so sorry. hi <laughs> that was a genuine accident i'm so sorry uh, we're here to talk about eight crazy nights and the goonies here on the happy amblin steven spielberg and adam sandler retrospective where we talk about all the films they either directed or starred in adam sandler has never directed anything and spielberg has never starred in anything but who knows maybe Won't this podcast day? will encourage them to switch roles
1: I think you're forgetting about Spielberg's star-turning performance in Austin Powers and Goldmember. (laughs) He's
0: actually very funny in that. At least I think
1: so. And then a a stunt double flips away. No, no, he can just do that. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something to find out? Yeah, he
0: just he just does that. So, Uh, we're gonna talk about Eight Crazy Nights first because we need to get that out of the way. Um, there's there's no point in beating around the bush. This is not good. This was a pretty fucking awful it's movie. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. It, and I want to take this moment so to bad. apologize to all other Adam Sandler films that I said were grating or I didn't like or that I hated. You know, Little Nicky's looking pretty good thing. right now is what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: that's what's shocking. It's like, holy shit, this like is so much worse than even the worst Adam Sandler film we've covered. Like, Going Overboard. Like this is so much worse. Oh, than you know going what? It, it totally is.
0: I have one or two positive notes about this film, but you know, like we talked about with going overboard, it's like you had no money. It's these people's first film together. You know, yeah. like that's that's the kind of movie that's like, yeah, it, look. It didn't work out. There's no reason to be mean to it. It is. It is a bunch and, of young independent artists coming together to make something, and it didn't work. And
1: also, uh, there's at least an occasional moment of comedy in going overboard. Mm. It's, it's usually fleeting, but there's like a moment or two. There is, I can't think of a funny moment from this movie. One that actually made me laugh in any, there was maybe one moment and that's it.
0: (laughs) You're going to have to bring us back to that singular moment because I'm at a loss.
1: But I think it's also something where there were moments where I understood them as being funny, but by that point I hated the film so much that it didn't matter.
0: (laughs) Like this is a reprehensible, ugly, mean-spirited, disgusting film, and not in like a fun way, like something like sabotage. Yeah, Um, this is just like it's upsetting, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, this is, like, the first... Because I'm pretty sure we're going to have moments like this coming in the future. I don't know. But, like, this <laughs> this is the first, like, hateful Sandler film. And it reminds you, like, how close his other movies are just riding that line. Where some, like, are a little more hateful than others. But I, I, I'll be honest, like, of the ones we watched, I never felt any of them were 100% hateful. <laughs> but this one totally is
0: yeah I think what saves the other films especially in hindsight is that Sandler's characters that he plays they tend to have like a charm to them at least if not in their writing or direction in Sandler's like performances he's like a likable screen presence and what I will say nice about the film is that I actually think like an Adam Sandler animated musical is not a terrible idea and I actually think Mm -hmm. the animation is pretty good
1: well, that's the other thing is that I I, I was going to say of one of the few positives I thought you were going to throw out is that the animation is, like, really good. To the movie's detriment because it's, like, very warm and, like, it, it gets you in, like, the weird, like, holiday spirit, right? hmm And then what you're watching on screen is just repellent. <laughs> like, like, South Park on a bad day. <laughs> oh, like,
0: yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And...
1: I believe uh, the worst thing, this might make you hate this even more if you weren't aware of this, I believe a lot of the animators that worked on, like, the Iron Giant came over to this after that movie, like, ten.
0: I don't know why I never saw that, but I I can completely see it now, and yeah, that does make me hate this more, because the Iron Giant is one of the greatest animated films ever. Mm -hmm. That's a very unfortunate circumstance. Yeah.
1: It says here, like, there's, like, multiple people worked on it, and one of them was Warner Brothers Animation Studios. Oh, my God. So, yeah. It's just... It's depressing. And it's, like... I gotta say, it's... The animation is, like, so good. It really is really good. And the movie is just so repugnant. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would be, like, here coming, like, look, I didn't like the movie, but the animation's real nice, so you might want to check it out. Like, but I can't even do that. It's... So, like, what I'm saying, the animation's beautiful, and then I'm thinking of like the scene where he throws the old man in the porta potty, and he rides down the hill, and then he comes out covered in porta potty shit. And it's like, well, that's the best animated porta potty <laughs> shit I've ever seen, and it just makes it so much worse.
0: Uh, oh. oh, everything with the deers involving that too. I know. It's the like, deer. like what. What is that? The screenplay is by Adam Sandler, Alan Covert, Brooks Arthur, and Brad Isaacs with a story by mm. Adam Sandler. This is very clearly a personal story for him, which is unfortunately revealing, I think. <laughs> but Well, here, I, like, all
1: right. Let's wind the clock back a little bit. <laughs> uh, Sandler famously did the Hanukkah song. Um, which I believe he performed on SNL for the first time, but he also did, like, versions of it, like, at stand-up clubs, and he, it's on his album. And it's a weird song, basically like, hey, kids, I know you can feel, if you're Jewish, you might feel down at Christmas, because everyone's got Christmas trees. But, uh, I'm gonna sing a song about all the famous people who are Jewish. <laughs> which is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And it became like a hit, you know, people and I think it's one of these things where people who don't like Adam Sandler know the Hanukkah song. Yeah,
0: like I have family members that like just can't sit through Adam Sandler films, but everyone loves the Hanukkah song.
1: And it is that weird reminder of like, I think Passover is the more important holiday um, for Judaism, but Hanukkah is kind of positioned as like going up against Christmas. <laughs> so there's like a weird need to be like, Hanukkah should be as important as Christmas. And there's just not that culture around Hanukkah. In, like, pop culture. There's no real Hanukkah movies that I can think of. Can you think of one? Uh, this one? Yeah, there's, like, this one and the the Rugrats Hanukkah special. Oh, yeah! Um, and uh, Hanukkah Harry from H- SNL. <laughs> oh, I, I
0: missed the boat on that one.
1: Which I believe Hanukkah Harry's played by John Lovitz, and I think John Lovitz isn't Jewish. Oh, so, it's, like, weird. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's There's got to be other Hanukkah stuff that I just can't think of. But, again, nothing that's like, oh, there's the definitive Hanukkah film, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Mar- th-
0: Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is probably going to do something with, with Hanukkah at some point. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. But, again, but... the lead in that show is not Jewish either. Well, also...
1: But that's also like, again, that's like a t- a special episode. You know, like every show has like, oh, it's the Christmas episode. And I bet you there's plenty of shows that have had the Hanukkah episode. Mm-hmm. You know, or usually just the holiday episode. <laughs> and, but they like, the most definitive Hanukkah story I can think of is like Herschel and the Hanukkah goblins. But I don't think that's ever been adapted into a film or cartoon. Can you think if it has?
0: No, not that I know of. Do you know that story? I do not. I... <laughs> he really oh got my god, me no Hanukkah.
1: There. that's a really good one. It's uh about a guy named Herschel who like goes to town and it's like oh we can't celebrate Hanukkah cuz the Hanukkah goblins show up anytime we light the candles. So like to banish the goblins, if I remember correctly, I haven't read this since since childhood, Herschel has to trick each goblin into lighting uh, the different candles every night, right? Mhm. So it's like every night the goblin shows up. It's like, oh, Herschel, I heard about you. I'm going to fuck you up. And then Herschel's like, oh, all right. But before we fight, can you light this candle? Like, we can't see. And the go- goblin's like, oh, all right, sure. And then lights the candle. It's like, oh, you fucking tricked me. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> and it's like, you know, every night the goblin's like, oh, I'm not going to fall for that shit. And then, you know, something happens. <laughs> it's a fun story. I feel like it could make like a good 30 minute cartoon. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't been adapted. Um,. And yeah, and so it's like I bet you Sandler was like, "All right, I have this power now. I have my own company. Happy Madison. Um, the Hanukkah song is like a popular thing. I would like to do the definitive Hanukkah film, and it should be a cartoon because you know, cartoons, holidays, whatever, right? And I, I, you feel like he was trying to do." Like, a, like, kind of, it's a wonderful life, (laughs) like, which is so disgusting to bring up right now. Like, he wanted to tell a story about a guy who, he's lost the holiday spirit because his life's terrible. And a story of, like, a guy who does the right thing but is never really rewarded. Like, these two forces meeting and then they rediscover the spirit of the holidays and giving and all that shit, Right. Like, there's the, the the skeleton of that exists in this film. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, hey, Alan Covert, <laughs> come over and let's just come up with the worst jokes imaginable. <laughs> like, he couldn't stop himself from doing the, like, also, we're going to be raunchy and we're going to have poop jokes and fat jokes and s- s- sex jokes. And horribly and-
0: racist stereotypes
1: horribly racist stereotypes cuz Rob Schneider needs money and it's like if he hadn't done that and played it more straight he could have done an okay movie, you know? And I guess here's the, o- the other thing is, you know, we can talk about any Sandler film like Big Daddy or The Waterboy or Little Nicky, probably is the biggest offender where there's like really disgusting stuff in all of those movies. But there are funny moments as well. <laughs>
0: and Henry Winkler, covered in bees.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like... But not, there, there's nothing here that's funny. <laughs> like, even accidentally. <laughs> and it just makes it awful. It's so bad. It was disgusting.
0: Uh, I um, don't know if this is the same production, but uh, Adam Sandler's love interest, Jennifer Friedman, is voiced by Jackie Titone, and that would end up becoming his wife. She would end up becoming his wife. So, maybe they met on this film? Maybe. There you go. Something good out of this. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, and again, it's
1: so weird when you see, like, her animated as a normal person. And she's got, like, a kid, you know? And, like, all of that's animated really normally, and then it's like, Hey, look at that fat fucker's jockstrap. And then you have possibly the best animated fat person jockstrap you ever seen. <laughs> and you're just like... Why is there a romance and that next to each other? <laughs> Why does this... It's uh, I was just disgusted by this. I was truly, truly disgusted. Like, I don't know... I, I really want to be the guy who comes on here and, like, defends some of these movies... As you can see in like the little Nicky episode, <laughs> but fuck this movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's not. It is the opposite of good, uh, and we've we've talked about animation as a medium uh, for films and television, where like you really are able to keep a lot of the control of the story you want to tell, and I think that's almost like a detriment too. Where it's like Sandler had so much control over the direction of this. Where he yeah. put like literally everything into it, it. And that includes the most repulsive shit he's ever like concocted. In fact, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus calls it a nauseating concoction. Which, you know, <laughs> we talk our shit about Rotten Tomatoes, as should all of you. But, you know, even a broken clock, it's a, that, that's a. You're something you
1: shocking. Roger Ebert gave it two stars. Where where does the second star come
0: from? <laughs> <laughs> that that like, is that's almost, pretty shocking. What the fuck? Dude?
1: That's almost praise from Ebert <laughs> on the Sandler scale. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: what the hell? Ah, uh, it's. Hang on, I want to look up his review of it now.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll look it
0: up since I'm right here. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. All right. I'm just going to scan it real quick to see if he says anything positive.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the opening. Heaven help the unsuspecting families who wander into Adam Sandler's eight crazy nights, expecting a jolly animated holiday fun fest. The holidays aren't very cheerful in Sandlerville, which is why the PG-13 rating... Med- this is PG-13?! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, whoa. <laughs> Ratings mean hey, no, nothing. W-
1: no woman in this movie enjoys having sex, so it's PG-13.
0: Oh, fucking this fucking country. The Hollywood... Okay, uh, PG-13 rating mentions frequent and crude sexual humor. The MPAA doesn't mention it, but there's also a lot of scatological humor in the film in keeping with Sandler's inexplicable fascination with def- defecation, flatulence, and bodily fluids. He's right. Yeah, that is odd that that... That just warrants a PG-13. Like, I'm not a huge stickler for, like, ratings at all. Fuck the MPAA. This is an R, (laughs) I think. Like, it's so gross. How does that, like... How does that not warrant an R? This is, like, a genuinely disgusting movie.
1: Yeah. Here's an interesting uh, line, series of lines from the middle uh, of this. Review. It's interesting. Considering that his popularity and the movie's holiday packaging will attract a large number of teenage middle Americans not necessarily familiar with Jews, does he think this is a good way to get them started? Yes, I've argued the requirement that ethnic groups must present positive images of themselves in Yes, I've argued against the requirement that ethnic groups must present positive images of themselves in movies. I've defended Justin Lin's Better Luck Tomorrow, <laughs> Chris Eyre's Skins, Tim Story's Barber Shop. Like, I just didn't expect those things to be brought up. <laughs> no. Huh. But those films are positioned to reach audiences that will understand them, decode them as their directors hope they would. Um Yeah. Also, uh, Hanukkah is shockingly like barely present in this movie. Honestly,
0: yeah, like, yeah it's not like it's not like a driving force that kind of guides the narrative or the character arc. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like in the background.
1: Yeah, you know, because he's got the Hanukkah card um, from his dead family.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and I guess that's um, supposed to be like I don't know, like dramatic weight but mm-hmm. that's putting a lot of work for the audience like from like the film yeah. not doing anything with that it's just like here here's a hanukkah film and like I, I i'm glad you brought up that this was very clearly like a a big project for sandler for like being able to make a hanukkah movie for everyone
1: the definitive hanukkah film mm-hmm.
0: um but that's um, that did not yeah, happen I- here
1: not only did it feel miserably, I believe it set Hanukkah films back by, like, 30 years. Which means we got about another decade before someone tries again.
0: <laughs> I'd be open for Sam to try again, but don't let him come up with a story.
1: you remember uh, the movie Christmas with the Cranks?
0: I remember the commercials. I could not... I probably haven't seen it, but I remember the commercials.
1: I saw it in theaters because Dan Aykroyd was in it. Oh. Oh, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here was something that was like, it was kind of like a window into like, I didn't realize uh, how flyover states exist. Because the big plot of that movie is that the cranks are skipping Christmas and people are like, how can you skip Christmas? And I grew up in like a heavy Jewish community and I'm like, what are you talking, a lot of people don't celebrate Christmas. (laughs) This isn't that strange. And I guess there are just parts of the country where that doesn't really happen. And yeah.
0: two Americas, you know?
1: Yeah, it it really is. Um, although I gotta say, uh, Sandler, this movie bombed. So maybe that's like a good sign that this was even too much for the other America. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, maybe.
1: Um, although the animators probably got blamed.
0: Mm. Um, no, that's too bad. You know, I didn't really think about that like in approaching this too, because like we're recording this way before Christmas. This will come out way before Christmas. Or Hanukkah. See, I'm doing it again. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. But, like, yeah, it's not... I don't know. I, 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 knew, I know people that don't celebrate Christmas, and it's just not... Like, they don't have other, like, holiday interests or even yeah. religious interests. It's just not part of, like, their life, you know? And I don't know. Maybe that's just because, like, LA is, like, filled with literally everyone from everywhere. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it, it's always been understandable to me, but I guess, like... I don't know. It's it's holidays are fucking weird. I don't have a point there. I just I think that's interesting. <laughs> I don't like
1: Um also, uh eight crazy nights there's is there do they really uh do anything with the eight days that I can think of?
0: No, it just just takes like, place over them? No, it doesn't even take place over all of them, does it?
1: I mean, I'm assuming it does just because of the title, <laughs> but like shouldn't it be a thing where it's like uh, maybe he's you know here's what should have happened Adam Sandler dies in the opening of this movie oh my god <laughs> he dies but it's he was a horrible person in life so he's got 8 days to like make Hanukkah special for 8 different people and so it's a movie about him trying to do that and he's got to fight, like, the asshole tendencies in himself. So it's like a countdown to, oh, what's going to happen at the end of the eight crazy nights? And then uh, that none of that happened in this. No. Um, instead, all right, do you want to go over the two... Because the, there's basically two stories in this. Sure. Which is shocking, shocking uh, number of stories for an Adam Sandler film.
0: <laughs> okay, sure, sure, let's get into it.
1: Um, all right, the main character is Davy Stone played by adam sandler he's in his 30s he's got a long criminal record and uh he i'm not gonna go beat by beat his fucking family died when he was a child on like hanukkah and it like fucked his life up forever and he's never recovered and he's now like an alcoholic because he's numbing the pain of not being able to deal with the loss of his family very heavy subject for this movie Mm -hmm. And it is kind of nuts to hear them, like, in the middle of this movie when all the uh, product placement sings at him. And uh, one of them, like, he, he talks about, like, ah, fuck you, I'm just going to drink. And this, one of the logos is, like, this stuff only numbs the pain. Don't make it go away. And it's nuts to hear a movie say that. Because I feel like that's something people don't bring up a lot of the time. That people become alcoholics because they're numbing something horrible that happened to them. hmm or even just the pressures of life in general, and uh, the movie—it's so weird because it's like, all right, this is a guy that's given up on life, but then his behavior isn't really that—he's just kind of an asshole.
0: Yeah, they don't correlate. Like the character action isn't tied to like the trauma that is supposed to be driving him, really. I like that you brought up, like, the, the alcohol thing, though. You know, I think of, like, Shane Black, another dude who writes stuff around the holidays. Uh, like, in the nice guys, like, the Ryan Gosling character. Like, he, he's a mm-hmm. terrible alcoholic, because yeah. he, he can't get over, you know, the death of his wife. Um, She dies in that movie, right? Sure, she died. That yeah, day, yeah, because he
1: couldn't smell and the house burned down. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And so, you know, like, it's never said in the film, but you understand that he blames himself for that, and he's, like, drinking his pain away. So when he yeah. finally... Decides not to drink on the job, he's able to like save the day and be hero to his daughter again, finally. Yeah, and it's like a great moment, it's like a great film. It's a, it's a huge, like, yeah. And this film obviously isn't like a film noir action movie, but mm-hmm. it brings up that really, really controversial subject matter. And I'm only saying controversial because it's not brought up in this country like at yeah. all ever. And it would have been really interesting to dive into that. Yeah. That's not the film at all. Instead it's like here's uh, the thing like I just it's also
1: yeah. like a pretty simple, like oh okay, yeah, he's numbing the pain. He's an alcoholic because he's numbing the pain. He's fucked up his life. Also, he's afraid to get close to anyone ever again because of this tragedy that happened to him. Like that makes sense. There's been dozens of movies about this mm-hmm. that aren't even that heavy. And it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt again. So like when Whitey is trying to be nice to him and he, at some point he just snaps on Whitey and like, cause he drives him away cause he's afraid of someone getting close to him again. But there's no like build up to that. He's an asshole to Whitey from like day one. <laughs> and not like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm like kind of a dick, you know? Like I'm going to make it hard for you to love me type shit. It's like Whitey has a seizure and he like, doesn't want to help him (laughs) and it's like no that's a big like that's bad
0: it's it's a little hard to come back from that and the character in the film doesn't come back from that yeah the narrative says he does by the resolution of the film but we as the audience Mm. never get the grasp on that yeah like what what really made him turn around well the film had to end I guess, but also it's
1: like, so here's this movie's logic of what happens. Adam Sandler, drunk, ruined his life. He suffered from tragedy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Oh, my phone's ringing. I'll shut that off. Um, Suffered from tragedy, blah, 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 blah. Uh, He commits a crime. He's going to go to prison, but then this old man rises up and then is like, I'll take care of him. And. What was that? How how do you say it?
0: I'll take care of him. (laughs)
1: I don't know if that's what he sounded like, but I had to try. That was pretty uh, good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, and then this guy takes him in, and he doesn't improve. <laughs> in fact, he just acts horrible. And then the guy is like, the old man like, speaks the very obvious message where it's like, You know, you never got over the death of your parents. And he freaks out and snaps on him and like drives him away. Then he goes to a shopping mall, (laughs) and all the logos come alive, and tell him to let it out. And then he finally reads the Hanukkah card his family left him. And so because of those logos, he decides, oh, I should be good to Whitey. That's not an arc.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a sequence of events that occur on screen for an allotted period of time. Under 79 minutes, I believe. 76 yeah, minutes. Sh- this film is 76 <laughs> minutes shocking. long.
1: Shocking. I was sitting there being like, good Christ, this is, is this two hours? And then I'm like, no, I'm 45 minutes in. Yeah.
0: It um, feels way longer than that. Way, how does that happen? I One know, of the shortest was... films released in the last century. What the fuck? Uh...
1: And then, all right, and I guess now is the time to talk about the other plot in the film, uh, which is the the plot of Whitey Duval, the guy who takes in Davy. Um, he is the only good person in a town full of absolute monsters, and uh, he's been good to people his whole life, and he, because of that, he expects to get an award. Um, which is like the 35th animal annual <laughs> one I
0: believe yeah it's it's the, the 35th anniversary or he, he's been trying to get it for 35 years at least the yeah because the, the town's called dukesbury right
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so it's the he's, he wants to be recognized for his contribution to dukesbury with the dukesbury all-star be, patch
1: he wants to be validated by the absolute worst people on the planet and uh I don't know why he thought 35 was his year. <laughs> i That's never really explained where it's like, if I was Whitey, I would have maybe taken a hint between 1 and 34. Because <laughs> he literally is the only good person in this town. Um, and so he kind of expects to get an award. Also, goodness is its own reward, which is something that's never really grappled with in this film. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, he, he needs like, to be... So even even Whitey still expects like, you know, a, a transaction for his yeah. his good action. Does that make them less good?
1: You know? It's, <laughs> it's weird. It's one thing where it's like, okay, it's just a medal. Like that's not a that's not asking for a lot. It's literally the bare minimum in the town. Couldn't even do that for the fucking old man. But uh this, as for comparison, um it's a wonderful life. Um in that movie, George Bailey when when shit goes bad it's like real bad stuff like he's in a financial bind and he might go to prison you know like shit goes really bad for george bailey and he's like that's when he's like i'm gonna kill myself i wish i'd never been born because he's like i did all this good shit my whole life and now bad stuff's happening and like i can't recover from this and he's like why did i do any of that and then he has reminder and it's like look all the good stuff you did it really helped the world in a lot of ways, even ways you might not have noticed. And then at the end of the movie, it's like people show up and it's like, George, because you've, we heard you were in trouble and you've helped all of us so much, so we're gonna come together and help you out of this bind, you know? Where it's like, you know, you help people, out, they'll help you back. That's very noble thinking and a very good Christmas lesson. But it's not like Whitey is like, oh no, Whitey had a heart attack and he can't afford his medical bills. Oh, the town's gonna come together and help him, right? It's just a fucking patch.
0: (laughs) I was getting really emotional because It's a Wonderful Life is one of the greatest films ever made. I I I cry every
1: fucking time. Yeah, dude, it's it's just like, it's
0: so good, and you feel so good about life and everything about it. And it's just like, God, oh, what a picture. And then you're like, and then fucking Whitey. (laughs) immediately brought back down to earth from this piece of shit oh my god (laughs) also
1: you know Adam Sandler is the guy who could correct the one sin of It's a Wonderful Life which is that Mr. Potter must be killed (laughs) and so like Adam Sandler could have just done like you know the Jewish version of It's a Wonderful Life (laughs) and at the end of the movie like everyone comes and helps out and then they go and beat the shit out of Mr. Potty. <laughs> yeah, just just do that. <laughs> it would have made total sense. You could have thrown him in the porter potty and thrown him down a hill. <laughs> like, I would have loved it <laughs> in that context.
0: And then and then you have to end the film with him saying, This is the happiest beating of my life. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. as opposed to this film's This is the happiest seizure of my life. Which is a real line that is said in this motion picture from 2002.
1: Yeah, no one rushes to help him (laughs) when he has a seizure.
0: I think they they just leave stuff like that. Because if you start having the characters address it, the implication of how awful it is starts setting in. You know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like... Fuck, man, what a what a movie. What a terrible experience this was. Yeah, what I'm an sorry. awful,
1: like, awful, awful film.
0: Oh my god, um, yeah.
1: We should run down um, the Sandler regulars that appear in this film and then get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we won't be spending much longer on this one. But I also want to say this was directed by Seth Kearsley. I don't know what else this person did, but they haven't directed a single movie since.
1: Yes. And uh, unfortunately, through my research, uh, it led me to the fucking Nostalgia Critic of all people. What? Because I guess the Nostalgia Critic did a, you know, one of his funny reviews uh, of a comedy film. And uh, he did one on Eight Crazy Nights. And I guess the director, like, emailed him afterwards and explained that, like, uh, they... We're going to cut elements like the uh, deer eating feces and change Whitey's voice a little bit. But uh, test audiences, I guess, responded really well to the feces
0: eating deer. Um, yeah. I genuinely so. have this principle where I believe people are, at least in, in a broad sense, people can be inherently good. That, yes. that statement you just read is proof of otherwise. Yes. That's pretty bad. Um,
1: if it makes you feel any better, you have to remember that focus groups are bullshit. Yeah, focus groups like, are,
0: are, are the worst thing, or at least one of the worst things about making movies. Um, yeah. I gotta be honest, um, I, I I would probably be okay with the, the whitey voice Yeah, well, in a better I, film. I, I,
1: I will give it this... Um, I wish Whitey wasn't, like, such the butt of jokes or, like, a disgusting weirdo hobbit man. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of like... Adam Sandler's like, you're gross. And then Whitey's like, yep, I am. And uh, I wish he had kind of just been an old man. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, to offset Sandler's craziness. I will say, I was impressed... Like, you can hear Sandler's voice... Because Sandler voices Davy, he voices Whitey, and he also voices uh, Whitey's sister Eleanor, and I can't hear Sandler's voice in that at all. Yeah, he and I feel like maybe they did some post like pitching on it, you know, to make it sound better. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did a good job at that woman's voice, and I will say that's the one moment I thought was somewhat funny when Whitey brings Davy home for the first time. And Eleanor thinks it's a home invasion. <laughs> okay,
0: I'll like that. That was give the one that, moment yeah. where
1: I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it was also like a character comedy moment. Like, of course this old lady would fear home invasions. Because mm-hmm. if her home's invaded, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's it was like the one moment where I was like, alright. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I hated this movie.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 awful. Let's run down the list, but I, I'll agree with... Um, your, your claim that Sandler is pretty pretty reliable voice actor he's like talented yeah. he's just fucking lazy
1: <laughs> and I will say like when he is singing you can see like he's, I won't say he's a great singer but he's a competent singer and it works for what the movie's going yeah, for Yeah, he, he
0: doesn't have range vocally but like when it comes to singing at least um, yeah. but like it it, it would have fit the bill again in a better made film <laughs>
1: Can I tell you how much I wanted to kill everyone and then myself Uh, when I was watching the scene where, I can't even remember what happened, but they're driving home and they start, there's the duet where they sing about how when they were children they used to, uh, you know, they really got along and they were happy and like what the fuck happened. Um, Which is like a real, it's simple, but a really nice little song in the middle of this. And the animation's beautiful. Where, like, they'll do the flashbacks, and, like, he drives past his old house, and there's, oh, there's the tree we used to hang out under, there's us on the swings, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they'll interject it with jokes about how, uh, Whitey, like, called a phone sex hotline once. And, a weird, uh, transsexual joke, uh, involving the mayor. Oh. <laughs> Where, uh... I think it's what it's a horrible line where it's like my wife used to be a he or something like that. And that's that weird like Sandler humor where it's like that's disgusting, but like it they're also like in love, which is a weird choice. Like I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was a... It's just it's the more conservative tendencies popping out from yeah. from this group, unfortunately.
1: Um and it's like you could have had a good moment in this movie. You know, maybe that was like one moment where you could have fucking played it straight a little bit, and it's like, no. And I bet you Sandler's, I bet you Sandler sits there and is like, every Hanukkah I get letters about from people who love this movie, because I bet you that's true. That's probably his justification for it. This one makes me angry, because I know Sandler, even on the Sandler scale, can be better than this movie. And he could have made a good Hanukkah film, I think.
0: I think so, too. The same team, he just can't be holding the reins like he did here yeah. completely. The idea itself is, like, fine. Like, you talk about the framework to... and the skeleton of this movie. That could all be mm-hmm. fine. But
1: yeah, Not to jump ahead in, like, my opinions, but when we get to something like Hotel Transylvania coming a little later, that's one where you can tell, like, he kind of just handed over the animation shit and let that drive the movie a little more, and it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. As opposed, although I don't think it would be shocking to say on this that I think Hotel Transylvania is better than Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I don't it's, think that's really yeah. a hot
0: take anything <laughs> Right now, out most, there.
1: most films are better than Eight Crazy Nights. Yes,
0: but also yeah, one of fair. them is directed by the man that created Samurai Jack. Yeah, so, that
1: maybe had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: just, uh, just a heads up for where we're going to uh-huh. take that eventual discussion.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but Before um. we move on... Let's see. We got some Rob Schneider action in here. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, Rob
1: Schneider uh as the narrator, which is an interesting choice.
0: And Mr. Chang, Uh-oh. a Chinese restaurant manager. Yeah,
1: possibly the uh uh single most racist character to appear in an animated film. Um, and that includes uh Sole. <laughs> <of the laughs> <Scout. laughs> <laughs> um It's up yeah, there. That- it, it might be worse than like you know, uh, uh, the Indians in uh, uh, Peter Pan. Like it's 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 pretty it's pretty bad. I,
0: it's it's a uh, that's a tie. That's like a three way tie right there. And those are all here's from the very different like cultural eras.
1: Yeah, and I guess and here's the one thing I will say to compare another one. At least the crows in Dumbo are kind of fun. Oh my god. At least they do something and they sing a nice song. <laughs> but do you know one of the crows name is Jim Crow?
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should I rewatch Dumbo? Um, you know what? Dumbo's like a good movie. It's just horribly racist. Oh, okay. That's not even the most racist thing in the movie. There's a part of it, and I'm surprised no one talks about it where uh, there's a there's a part where the workers are setting up the tents and stuff, and they're singing like a worker song, and it's very clearly meant to be like a black working song.
0: Oof.
1: And they, I, it, I might be misremembering it, so don't, me, but I, I kind of remember last time watching it. They kind of say like, plantation working wasn't so bad. <laughs> like there's like a line like that in the song.
0: Well. Yeah, we don't have time to unpack all that. But, uh...
1: You know, if you... Here's the thing. If you did a live-action Dumbo, you could do, like, a really interesting thing about, like, how minstrelly is, like, tied to, like, racist stereotypes and, like, clowns and circuses and how, like, circuses kind of exploit downtrodden people and make fun of stereotypes, something, you know, racial stereotypes, but also physical stereotypes like big ears. Like, you could make a really insightful commentary on those things. Unless your movie's directed by Tim
0: Burton, <laughs> yeah. But Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton rematch.
1: Hey, you know what? Danny DeVito did wear a big hat in that film. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I still haven't um, seen it because I've I've skipped out in the last like five remakes or reimaginings or whatever. Yeah, but that was the thing that I almost saw... got me. I was like, it's a Batman Returns rematch. <laughs> you, know? you know
1: what? I will say Dumbo like does occupy like a weird place in my heart for some reason. The teaser for Tim Burton. Burton's Dumbo like really got to me oh really like it really got to me but I was also like it's Tim Burton's Dumbo this is gonna be bad <laughs> like I still knew enough not to see it <laughs> but I, I every now and then I will just watch that trailer because I'm like wow I wish this was attached to a better movie
0: isn't that funny how um, that happens sometimes where it's like that really goes to show like yeah it's all marketing but like making trailers is almost like an art form in itself yeah you can like evoke real emotions. Through, like, the, the the hype machine, almost. Not even a hype machine. Just, like, get people excited to see something, like, that could be really special and moving. And then it's directed by Tim Burton in 2019.
1: If I remember correctly, the new Dumbo, I from what I read, it, like, takes some, like... It's trying to be, like, the Walt Disney Company being, like, Yeah, we understand the Walt Disney Company sucks. Uh, like, like, making fun of themselves. Oh, yeah,
0: I heard about that, right? And Michael Keaton's, like... A steampunk Walt Disney or something.
1: Yeah, which is, like, the wrong take for a fucking Dumbo movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, I was just annoyed that there's, like, it's one of those Disney remakes where there's no talking mouse. Or, you know, like, they were just like, fuck, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have any fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking, fucking just, like, movie.
0: shaking and crying at the thought of a live-action Lelon Stitch, which is apparently going to happen. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, which no one wants. No. But um, it'll probably make eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, if you go to
0: see that movie, Good. you're dead to me. Hold me to this. Yeah, like
1: unless like they do something radically different with if it. If it's
0: fucking directed by like Guillermo del Toro, then sure.
1: Directed, <laughs> but, yeah, directed by Guillermo del Toro, and it's not a remake of Lilo and Stitch. It's like, hey, what happens when Lilo grows up? So it's kind of like a sequel film, but we're gonna do it live action because that would make a little more sense. Like the childlike wonders kind of gone away a little bit, and maybe you just tell an original story. Um, I would maybe see that. I don't want to see a one-to-one remake of Lilo and Stitch.
0: You know, that's actually a pretty good idea. I don't want any version of a live-action Lilo and Stitch, but if they had to do it, that's not the worst way to do it. Well, here's
1: the thing, not to make this about the Walt Disney remakes, but I think every Disney film has like some meat to it where it's like, if you wanted to tap into it in some capacity, uh, you could totally... Like, just tell a different version of this story, or, like... I think Maleficent's the right idea, where it's like, tell a version of this story but from the perspective of the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you do. Say what you will about fucking Cruella, but I like that as opposed to just doing 101 Dalmatians again, which the only reason they didn't do is because they already did a live-action remake yeah. of 101 Dalmatians. But, like you could take these stories and just tell an original story or, like, sequelize it or do something different, especially the early Disney stuff. And it feels like at some point they were just like, nope, we're just going to do the movies again. And I think it's like Beauty and the Beast was kind of the one that made them want to do that.
0: Yeah, because it made more money than God.
1: Yeah. I think a really good idea would be for uh, Disney... Um, does Disney own uh, the New World by Terrence Malick? Now, <laughs> was that a 20th
0: Century oh Fox? Oh God, role? I don't. Let me check. Uh, no, it's owned by New Line. So that's like a damn. Warner Brothers subsidiary. Because
1: I was saying, what they should have done was just re-release that and just call it Pocahontas. That would have been so <laughs> just fucking be like, funny. That just—that's like, hey, here's our. Here's our Pocahontas remake. Yeah, it could
0: finally make out. its money back.
1: Yeah, hey. Because <laughs> it's also a really good
0: fucking movie. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Or like, and then you get the Disney stuff like Hunchback and Notre Dame, which is like a deeply flawed film, but has like a lot of good stuff in it, mm-hmm. and you could totally remake it in a way that made it a good film, and what they're going to probably do is like get just Gad as Quasimodo, like, it would just be terrible. <laughs> Like, that's one of those ones where it's, like, you gotta cut the the uh, gargoyle statues. Like, that's, like, a terrible thing in the movie. And you know that they're just gonna, like, get three comedians and have them be the gargoyles. <laughs> okay.
0: James Ford you know, and finally... Gargoyle?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, we're also finally at an age where you could make a live-action Fantasia. And I'm not saying, like, remake Fantasia live-action. I'm saying... Pick classical music and just make like seven short films set the classical music in live action. Oh, totally. Just call it like fucking
0: Fantasia well, Live, you know? Well, Fantasia Live would be awesome. But see, my thing is that the new Fantasia, because at some point, Fantasia 3000 or whatever is going to happen, right? You yeah. got to do each song with a different medium. You mm-hmm. can totally do it. So, want to be live action. I would agree with that. Want to be 2D. Want to be 3D. Want to be CG. <laughs> You know, just fucking mix and match. One of them should be, like, fucking Rotoscope, for all I care.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. I just think that in this age of digital filmmaking, we could totally get away with, like, top-to-bottom live-action Fantasia with just amazing visuals. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Did, like, to sh- just show off what we could do if we ever let filmmakers make what they want.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if they ever let people make movies again in this country. That's what yeah. they should do.
1: Um. So, yeah, and that's so that's Rob Snyder <laughs> and <laughs> Mr. Chang <laughs> um, yeah uh, Kevin Nealon's the mayor um, Who? and also the weird thing is they just Rob Snyder plays the racist stereotype but everyone else just kind of looks like who they are mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we get John Lovitz who is the, the recipient of the patch uh, as opposed to Whitey and a weird choice he's got a hook for a hand <laughs> Um, which also to me is, like, you know, maybe he does kind of deserve the patch. Like, maybe it's like, oh, this is a guy, you know, he lost his hand at a young age. And, but he, through adversity, he, like, did good for the community, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, maybe he does deserve the patch. I don't know. It's weird that, like, he's the guy where it's like, oh, they gave it to this asshole
0: instead of Whitey. Like, you know, it would be kind of interesting if it was, like, Whitey then has to realize, like, oh, the thing he wants, like... He doesn't actually need it right now. Someone else needs yeah. it more than he does, and then like yeah. they uplift each other that way. Like that would be a really nice wholesome message for the holidays, but uh, it did not happen here. Mm-hmm. So,
1: also um, some brief cameos. We got uh, the Sprouse twins.
0: Oh, that's right. Are the
1: K B toy soldiers? Uh, Blake Clark, who appeared as Farmer Fran in The Water Boy, is the Radio Shack walkie-talkie uh Peter Dante who's appeared in a bunch of these uh is uh the Foot Locker referee um these are all logos Yes <laughs> uh the the rap granny is uh the Seas Candy box uh Kevin Farley Chris Farley's brother is the Panda Express Panda They keep trying to make Kevin Farley happen and it just hasn't happened hmm. um and Carl Weathers Wait you forgot uh, the,
0: uh the big ones Tom Kenny, Spongebob, is a -hmm. sharper image chair?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I was talking about... I was trying to focus on... uh, Oh,
0: the uh, Sandler regulars. You're you're right. Yeah, the Sandler regulars. So, uh,
1: yeah, Tom Kenny's in this. He should have just voiced someone else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh, and Tyra Banks is also in there, since we're we're wrapping up.
1: Also, in the song where it's about uh, Davey opening up finally and uh, accepting the death of his parents and letting himself, you know... Again, another statement about like toxic masculinity where sometimes men are kind of forced to repress their emotions and it can be really damaging because, you know, people all people have emotions and it's okay to cry about your dead fucking family. <laughs> and uh, there's also boob jokes in the song. Um, even though the dress like doesn't have boobs, it's just a dress. Um, bad movie. All the, all the townspeople show up at the mall later. And they give all the patches to Whitey, and then he has a seizure. And we don't know if he lives or dies, and no one cares. He could have
0: died right there. Um, That could have been it.
1: Yeah, that could have been it. I mean, you know what? Fuck him. (laughs) 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 Uh, Whitey didn't really learn anything, because what he really should have learned was that this town doesn't deserve his, his trust or love. Or joy and there you go
0: that's the sequel uh, whitey leaves to go be a good person where it's going to be appreciated and everyone else is like wait there's no more good people in this town
1: can we talk about how like the song where people kind of realize they were mean to whitey it still makes fun of whitey <laughs> like, yeah
0: it, it's it's so also awful.
1: the people they don't do things where it's like oh whitey like help us out and then we didn't really like that's when you're you know it's one of these things where it's like, oh, Waity, you know, I had a flat tire, he stopped by, he fixed it, and I said thanks, but I didn't really do anything to repay him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of just took his kindness for granted. But instead, it's like, oh, Whitey came over because we couldn't watch the fucking football game, and he helped us get a signal, and then he got struck by lightning, and we didn't care. It's like, that's not, like, being inconsiderate. That's being, like, a monster. <laughs> being a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's Yeah, this town, like, deserves to die.
0: Have you seen... I'm not going to spoil this movie for any listeners that haven't seen it, just in case you haven't either, Matt, but have you seen Werewolves Within?
1: Uh, No, I saw you post a review of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a Um. cute, solid... It was made for, like, $5 million. Thumbs up. Go check it out if you want something uh, to prepare you for spooky season. Or or the holiday season, because it's, you know, snow-based. But uh, there's a lot of stuff with the townspeople in that. And I'm sure it's, it's just because of uh, me watching it in such close proximity to Eight Crazy Nights that they correlated to each other in my mind. But like th- the the townsfolk in both movies are not like the greatest, except Werewolves Within, I think does it properly where it's like, oh yeah, they, there's like people hiding like beef with one another. There's like certain grudges they're holding and like this is gonna reach a boiling point. But in Eight Crazy Nights, it's just like a really cynical, no, that's just the way things are. They're yeah. just all awful. But the movie doesn't acknowledge their awfulness. They just happen to be that.
1: Yeah, it's like, you can be awful, but as long as you say thank you at the end. Like, it it, it all balances out. <laughs> which is a terrible lesson. <laughs> Reminds
0: me of, like, I mean, The Color Purple is a significantly better film than that. But we both <laughs> kind of walked away with, like, there are certain things not addressed in that film. where it's just like, yeah, you know, you just get over it. And you get older. And it's like, that's a weird way to end some of the stories in that film. And it's a weird way to end the story in this film. Yes.
1: Bad movie. Bad movie. Don't watch it.
0: Yeah. No stars. Kind of, yeah. I I hope everyone who did good animation found a better place afterwards.
1: They didn't. 2D animation died three years later. Well...
0: (laughs) The Goonies (laughs) Goonies. never die, though.
1: (laughs) Goonies never say die. That's what I say to all you animators out there who are unemployed. Goonies never say die. Uh. All the people recently laid off by uh,
0: Quibi and they played the Trolls song about getting back up. Oh, that was... Jesus. Uh, Jesus, like... If that's not, like, proof that we're in dystopia...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That the ruling class might be a little out of touch... Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you, Jeffrey Katzenberg. For yeah, thanks being for the just being the funniest piece metaphor. of shit on the planet. Yeah. No, he's not even that funny. He's just a piece of shit.
1: But, the problem putting that out there is now you can't work in Hollywood until he dies.
0: Yeah, I might cut around that.
1: <laughs> we've we've talked shit about Jeffrey Katzenberg already, so yeah, there's no hope for me. And it's, it'll it's unavoidable when we get to later Spielberg.
0: <laughs> I'll just go make movies in Europe with in the French
1: with everyone's favorite guy nope, Allen. nope never mind.
0: <laughs> see that's the fucking problem in America we're all like repressed sexually and then in Europe everyone's a pervert <laughs> there's no hope
1: there no, there's really is no hope
0: <laughs> that's all getting uh, cut so yeah. I don't get
1: murdered uh, <laughs> everyone in Europe is a pervert <laughs> it's a hell of a soundbite <laughs> Watching, if you want to talk about Adam Sandler's target audience, I was watching a video. Um, I think it was Penn and Teller, were like doing like a social experiment where they were trying to see how many people would agree to supporting a like bill that said America's the greatest country on earth. Like, just a, like it was just like seeing how many people would support blind patriotism. Mm-hmm. And they asked one of the women, so I was like, if America's the best country, what would you say is the second best country? And she went, Europe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Can you believe they keep taking money away from the education budget in this country?
1: Hey, I wonder if that's about something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Although we just gave a billion dollars to Israel for the Iron Dome. For Iron Man? The Iron Dome. Well, we
1: have to support Iron Man <laughs> against the uh, Iron Monger or whatever the fuck. <laughs> what? I don't remember what the villain's name in Iron Man 1 was. The dude? Was it? Yeah, but was it Ironmonger? What yeah. was his well, name? Well, he doesn't
0: have a name in the movie. It's just uh, fucking...
1: Oh, my God. But they, a... it, still, it still says in the credits, like, Ironmonger. Uh, Obadiah Stane. Obadiah Stane. Yeah, but he's
0: not called Ironmonger.
1: Obadiah
0: Stane. Ironmonger. Oh, you know what? Right. No, he goes, we're Ironmongers, Tony. <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah, he says that, like, in the middle of the film. When he's trying to convince him not to sell, like, the weapons division or whatever.
1: Talk about a casually great performance that is, like, totally wasted.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to, like, stick around in those movies, too. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Obadiah Stain. There's good stuff in that first movie, still, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't need to watch it ever again, though. The Goonies! Let's talk about the fucking Goonies!
0: Yeah, directed by the late, great Richard Donner, who we... This is really my excuse to talk about Richard Donner. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. When did you first watch The Goonies, Matt? Let's, let's get into I, it from a nostalgic point of view.
1: I came a little late to The Goonies, where uh, I was normally the kid introducing kids to movies, you know? And a friend of mine uh, named Ben Poole, I guess, either referenced it or, like, something. And I was like, what is that? And it's like, oh, you've never seen The Goonies? And I was like, no. And I think we were on, like, some trip together, so we had, like, one of those, like, portable DVD players. And so we watched The Goonies in, like, the backseat of this car. And uh, oh, I I thought it was one of the greatest films I had ever seen up to that point. Um, I thought this is amazing. This movie's so fucking funny. This movie's so good. I think I was like eight or nine. Um, and it had, on rewatch it has never lived up to that first experience. <laughs> but I had a good time in that moment. Uh, very strange film. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a it's whatever it is.
0: <laughs> so you wouldn't say it's one of your favorites. No. People
1: seem really nostalgic for the Goonies. Oh, people are very nostalgic
0: about the Goonies. People are very, very very nostalgic about the Goonies.
1: (laughs) People are like, this is my fucking movie. And it definitely
0: isn't that. It is not mine either.
1: (laughs) Was this the movie that just kids watch if they weren't allowed to watch Indiana Jones? I think so.
0: Like, I think that would probably do it. And, you know, like, we... I mean this is basically the unofficial like thesis of the retrospective series, like any of them, is that yeah, stuff might not hold up the same way from when you were younger, but you could approach it from a more interesting angle as you get older too, you know, whether or not it's, it's holds up. And I think this allows me to talk about Richard Donner, so I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. But I I, I don't particularly care for the Goonies. I, I think it's it's a fine children's adventure film. Uh, I get the Spielberg like, like fun vibes, or at least the attempt of that. Uh, Chris Columbus is, is uh, I'm losing respect for him the more and more we talk about him in these <laughs> retrospectives. Um, and the cast is 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 great, but mostly I'm here to talk about Richard Donner. I, I'll take or leave the Goonies. I'm not trying to be someone who tilts their nose up at this movie. I hate that yeah, shit. Yeah, it's not like but,
1: awful. Yeah, but it's just it's not one where I'm like. Like, you know like you can go to Back to the Future and be like, Back to the Future is kind of like a perfect screenplay, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you want to understand structure, especially like a science fiction fantasy adventure film, like, watch Back to the Future. You, you don't get much better than that. The Goonies, it's like, well, the screenplay is not that great. <laughs> the characters aren't that developed. <laughs> and anything that's in it, you can find done better in other films. Yeah, and for what it is, it's okay. Yeah, especially (laughs) when
0: it comes to Richard Donner. You know, we were talking about it before the show, but it's worth bringing up now because I'm a big Richard Donner fan, even if he's not. He doesn't have like a staple of his directing. You know, I he's got some duds, he's got some bangers, and he's got a lot of stuff in the middle. But the stuff that really works for me from his filmography really works for me. Like I still love all the Lethal Weapons, although three is kind of. I could take a leave three. I don't know what it is about that mm-hmm. one when I also like part four, but...
1: You know, I have never... I, I, I keep... I've rewatched Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 a lot in the past year for some reason, and I can't really bring myself to do
0: three or four. Four is just very hokey and sincere, and I think the I remember saves three. Me.
1: I remember three being really terrible, so, like, I really don't want to watch that. And then I was thinking, maybe I'll just watch four, and I did start it one night, and it started with, like, the the guy in, like, an Iron Man suit <laughs> like burning things... <laughs> And I was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this isn't really what I watch Lethal Weapon for. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's weird to think that this is, you know, I mean, this is a real journeyman director type thing because it's like this guy did The Omen, the first Superman movie, The Goonies, Lady Hawk, all the Lethal Weapon films, Scrooge, and like 16 Blocks. Those are all, like, incredibly different movies. Mm -hmm. There isn't, like, really any connective tissue between any of them.
0: Um, I'm sure you want to talk about this if we ever do a Superman retrospective, but what are your opinions on the Donner cut of Superman Uh, 2?
1: I think it's interesting. I don't think it's, like, great because it's one of those weird things where it's like part of it is cobbled together from, like, uh, screen tests, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. they, they, They actually didn't shoot a lot of it. And I feel like there's a better version that just kind of uses some of the Richard Lester stuff. Um, But uh, it's interesting, and I kind of wish I could at least see the original intent of Superman being like this two part roadshow that was going to go around. I think that would have maybe been not. It would have made the first Superman like a less complete movie, but I think it would have been at least interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because that thing where, like, Superman's supposed to turn the planet back at the end of 2, and that's why Lois Lane doesn't remember who he is. And instead they had to do, like, the weird contrived, oh, when he kisses her, she forgets things. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is weird. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's more just interesting okay. than uh, a fully complete movie. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't like um, it as much as the first one either. But that, that first yeah. one uh, kind of gets more special over time. Yeah, and, yeah the
1: first one's like wow it's i'm surprised this movie is this good when you consider like how cynically it was kind of thrown together <laughs> it's like you know just some some crazy italians trying to make a fucking movie yeah.
0: and i mean like looking back like at that era of film in in uh, uh 1978 it's like who would you pick to direct superman you know it's like oh steven spielberg
1: spielberg says no yeah, spielberg, then, then that
0: happens and like you, I wouldn't have picked Richard Donner. Like, looking back oh, at like, then, what well, I understand now,
1: you know? Well, before you go to the obvious choice, then you go to Sam Peckinpah, of course. <laughs> and and then uh, you only fire him because he pulls a gun on one of the producers. <laughs> and then you get Richard Donner. <laughs> so, and he was a director yeah.
0: who just had, like, a lot of flexibility, you know? And that that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. You know, the mark of a great director isn't always, like, you're... Your visual staples. Some of them yeah. do have that, and then others have something like Donner had. And
1: yeah, I think the only thing with Donner that like makes him hard to classify is like there are other journeyman directors, and you can be like, well, you get him for this reason. Like you get him because he can make X Factor work really well, which means maybe he's not good at doing like a really introspective character piece, but maybe he's good at doing like an action movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can't really pin down what richard donner had that like made him unique in any real capacity but i would like to re- i want to rewatch i haven't seen like lady Hawkin in forever i remember really liking it but i don't remember it at this point
0: yeah i brought it up before uh-huh. on the show but i really like 16 blocks um mm-hmm. i know he wanted to do one more movie after that for a long time he yeah. you know the talk of lethal weapon 5 as recent as fucking last year 2020 yeah. the producer was like as- it's gonna happen
1: I believe we talked about it on an episode that we released the week he fucking died. <laughs> like I think yeah, that's I how, think so too.
0: That's very. I think. Oh boy. I
1: think that's uh, how long he was trying to at least do another one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and then you sent me a, he did an interview with Nolan that's like really great. Yeah.
0: Um. I'll if there's a full link to it up because it it comes and goes because it's a special feature from the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to at least the cl- a small clip of it in the YouTube version of this where. Nolan and Donner just talk about like what inspired them and their origin approaches for the big two superheroes you know and I just think it's a little funny that it's like well Burton did it first but no one really (laughs) (laughs) remembers it for that
1: (laughs) I think the best thing and worst thing you can say about the Burton Batmans is they're kind of Tim Burton movies and not Batman movies. yeah yeah you you know and
0: like as we've talked about them I've definitely come to appreciate them for that significantly more yeah. And that's that's fine. I don't need movies to adhere to what I want all the time.
1: Hey, you know what the worst thing about the fucking Goonies is?
0: That we're already off topic about it?
1: That, but also that uh, it clearly was one of the big inspirations for fucking Rise of Skywalker.
0: Oh, the fucking stupid-ass knife shit? Yes. Stupid fucking movie. Um, this is... Ugh. Yeah. I try not to get too so heated the- on this podcast because it's just movies who gives a shit. But yeah,
1: that thing like where it's like I'll like I'll say this: Look, Goonies, fun movie. It's fine. It's good for kids. Don't fucking try and make another Goonies movie. Don't try and make your version of the Goonies.
0: I don't want to see it. I think you can make children adventure films, but I get Chil- what you're no, saying no. completely.
1: Children adventure films are great, especially when they have to fight a killer clown. <laughs> but they're they're not like. Don't do this version of it because there's not a lot here. It's like, oh, let's go find a treasure with kids, you know? It's like, it it, it puts you in the mind of like, oh, we're going to go out. It's like playing outside with your friends, right? It captures that emotion. That's totally fine. But it should not be a goal you're aiming for, <laughs> in my opinion.
0: You know what? I, I think to bring it back to Richard Donner a little bit too, I think he's generally really good with set pieces. And I think the set pieces in The Goonies are like, they're not outstanding. They're not like, here's what you go to the Goonies for or anything, but yeah, I, I think they're, they're solid.
1: They're fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, she can play the piano. <laughs> like The trap doesn't really make any sense when you think about it, <laughs> but uh, it's like, oh, okay, she c- she can do that. Um, it's I also like this movie has that weird, like it's like right in the middle of the 80s, and this is one of those movies that's held up as like, Man, they wouldn't make this shit for kids anymore where they got to deal with like a dead body and the Fratellis are after them and starts with like an escape from prison, man. You know, like how people from the that like worship the 80s are like that. Yeah. And it's like, you probably could get away with it if you wrote a good movie. <laughs> also, like Stranger Things is like super popular mm-hmm. with kids. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think
0: people that worship the 80s are also the ones that don't understand that we never left the 80s.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also don't understand, like, what was actually good in the 80s. Yeah. And part of it is that, yeah, this movie's not great, but, like, it's it's a little... It's it's unique in its own way. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just... it's. Eh.
0: I think it could be seen as, like, a fun staple of 80s nostalgia. Like, on its own yeah. merits, I, I think this is where i definitely have had trouble with looking back at stuff from the 80s lately on its own merits i think it's a fun little slice of adventurous nostalgia the
1: connotations
0: about it being like this unimpeachable thing from the 80s are what really frustrate me about this movie and a lot of other movies and it
1: tends not to even be
0: these movies faults you know what i mean
1: yeah like I don't even think the Goonies is trying to position itself as a like as a like classic in that capacity.
0: Yeah, now. like again, like we're talking about Richard Donner, and he just like he would go make a, a solid film to the best of his abilities. You know, work sometimes and work other times. Whatever. Of, uh, yeah. Fucking, y- you don't need to get defensive about everything from them. <laughs> and
1: it's just a thing of like, oh, you know, it's a fun movie for kids, like. It's almost like it's honestly a little closer to, like, a Disney Channel original movie. Yes! Know?
0: There you go. Like, That's exactly it. This is totally are, people's Halloween town.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not great, but, like, you know, they they serve their purpose, and they're f- kind of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and, no Spy you know, Kids, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's not. Yeah. You no know, Spy Kids is brilliant. Yeah, but, no, Spy Kids but, is genuinely knows, great. We, we could be the assholes to, like, in 20 years from now, We're like, they don't make movies like Spy Kids anymore. <laughs> And then, like, you know, you show someone our age in the future that, and they're like, I don't get You it. see the like, people made of
0: thumbs, and they're just like, okay, Grandpa, I'm bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
1: <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird to talk about Goonies, because, again, it's kind of like Rise of Skywalker, where it's just like, we got to go to the thing to do the thing to stop the thing before the other thing, you know? Yeah, you know, and if you're going to make, like,
0: but... a, a decent kids' adventure movie, like... You could do a whole lot worse than the Goonies, but they, yeah. I don't know. Like I see people say, like, "Oh, these are such iconic characters," and I maybe I just missed the boat in it because when I saw it, I was not a child. Mm-hmm. I I was I was older, and I well, I, just I don't get the impression ch- that they're very memorable.
1: I did see it as a child, and it just uh, like I, I don't know. It just re rewatching it, it it just doesn't do much. I I just, as I got older, I'm like, oh, I don't really need to, like, Goonies isn't one where I'm gonna be like, no, you gotta see this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know
0: what? I'm um. talking shit about the characters. I like Sloth.
1: Sloth's fine I, I, and I it's just like okay. characters
0: that that are, are outside the norm. You know, like, I even, yeah. here's the thing, even, like, a piece of shit movie like Bright, the orc cop who gets picked on, I was like, oh, I like him. He's an underdog. Yeah. Like, I got a soft spot for characters like that, even in a huge... Astronomical piece of shit like that movie, so yeah. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, oh, yeah. but you know, I mean, what? I, I
1: get it. I, I, th- I, you know what, I, I like, I like Chunk. I think Chunk's funny. <laughs> okay. I gotta be honest. <laughs> uh, not, not in the like, haha, it's funny because he's the fucking fat one, which is like unfortunately a big '80s thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like his, like that. He's got like this reputation all over town of being a liar, mm-hmm. <laughs> like and it's like hey kid isn't it like that time you said you knew Michael Jackson and shit like that you know Yeah. or like he's just repeating plots from movies he's seen like to call it what he calls the cops and then he's like no I'm trying to report an actual dead body I found and no one believes him <laughs> like that's kind of fun yeah yeah and I do like that he's kind of on his own adventure for a lot of it where he, he gets like kidnapped by the Fratellis and stuff <laughs> and they're like pointing guns in his face and i do like when it's like kid confessed everything and he just confesses to everything bad he's ever done in his life
0: (laughs) like that's i find that funny Mm -hmm. um joey pants is in this yeah oh the cast Uh, is here you go i don't think the characters are that memorable but i think the cast is obviously very memorable because it's filled with people that would go on to have huge careers yeah at least a handful of them did robert fucking davi's in this
1: Yes, that's a weird one. Um, that like I was, I, I remembered like that character. I'm like, holy shit, it's Robert Davi. I forgot it was him. Yeah. Um, and uh, got to give a shout out to Anne Ramsey, who is just fantastic as uh, Mama Fratelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, uh who is in maybe because what should have been an Academy Award-winning performance in the film "Throw Mama from the Train." <laughs> <I> wait, <win. laughs> I think about that all the fucking time. So oh, I know your son Owen, he's a nice boy. No, he's not, he's fat and he's stupid. <laughs> uh, she was fantastic. And she only passed away like like four years after this came out. Aww. Um, yeah. But uh terrific and just had like that mean face and a mean voice, which I believe part of that was that she had like throat cancer or something. So like the surgeries kinda gave her that voice. Um which I mean she uses it to great effect.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and of course, the the other big, who would become eventual heavy hitters like Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, yep. Corey Feldman, who's who's unfortunately gone through his troubles from circumstances yeah. outside of his control. Well, it's, of course, it's weird but, where
1: Corey Feldman was like the biggest actor of the group at the time. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, you know, life's horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of unfortunately sad stuff about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to shout out uh, Jonathan Kee Kwan, of course. He he's like, he was definitely my favorite, just because of like, when I was younger, I had that attachment, um, from Ra- uh, not Raiders, Temple of Doom.
1: Yeah, a short rounds back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's a fine film. Yeah, it's. Fine. I mean, I everyone's know, I re- I, seen the I really, movies by this point. I feel. Like. Yeah, I just I don't have a ton to say about it other than uh it's fine (laughs) if you haven't seen it and you're in your 20s like maybe check it out but i can't guarantee you'll like love it um
0: yeah i don't know i I like the ending a lot
1: i like that like that i like that things get like progressively cartoonier the deeper they go into the tunnel Mm -hmm. and then they're basically on like a pirates of the caribbean pirate ship by the end yeah (laughs) and see like that's the
0: fun stuff in this movie you know
1: yeah I do like that the villain is like this country club that is uh, going to take over the goondocks.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there's like a, an almost working class angle at that. Or, you know, no, a straight up working class angle because, you know, they're trying to trying to save it, the It area. would be
1: funnier, though, if it's like, look, we got all this gold from the pirate ship. We can save the town. his parents are like, fuck that. We're moving out of the <laughs> shithole. <laughs> like which feels like that would probably happen. Yeah. Um can we talk about all the maniacs that like thought we were going to get a sequel to this movie for
0: years? Oh, the maniacs include Sean Aston, Josh Brown. <laughs> well, look, I look, they're in the movie fine, whatever. But I'm talking about
1: like the fi- like who wants to see the Goonies grown up?
0: It's like the same people that remade Raiders of the Lost Ark. I guess you're right. I mean, yeah. You know, like, we criticize, like, this 80s nostalgia that makes people, like, blind a lot, but it's, like, a real problem still, <laughs> I think. And, and it's just, um, I don't know what you would even do for Goonies 2 that wouldn't make me, like, just shy away from it and be like, no thank you, don't need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if if you want a sequel to the Goonies, I, I don't, I, I think you need to grow up. Is that hard to say? Is that, is that
1: Um... <laughs> maybe i don't know cuz like i said like maybe you really do have an attachment to it i don't know i just don't understand like there was maybe a window in like the early early 2000s right mm-hmm. where you could do a movie about i don't know everyone growing up right <laughs> but they held on to it for like they held on to it forever <laughs> like like it, it was talked about until very recently that they
0: were going to do another one. Mm-hmm. Richard Donner as recently as like 2010 was like the Goonies sequel is a definite thing. Mm-hmm. It will happen. S- S-
1: uh, Spielberg even said something like not too long ago like where he's like yeah we're still talking about it but we don't know. And I think there was a pilot shot recently. I think I remember reading that and then it was like Fox was like, "Yeah, no."
0: Mm. (laughs) what is it with Uh, richard donner movies getting like tv adaptations i don't know everyone just that's why i think like i I wouldn't hold him up as one of my favorite filmmakers but i think maybe he was one of like the great american filmmakers we just didn't really realize it because everyone wants what he achieved like casually Yeah. Well, I think a big thing
1: is that Goonies and Lethal Weapon are two of, like, the 80s franchises that never really got a remake or sequel in theaters, you know? Like, it just didn't really happen. Did you
0: say Lethal Weapon?
1: Yeah. But they got a TV show later.
0: They got three sequels on Lethal Weapon.
1: No, I said, but I'm saying, like, as a franchise. Oh, okay. Like, 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 uh, reimagining. no, no, like, what I, I mean, like, you know, either, like, where they remade it in the 2000s, or they did, like, the, like, oh, everyone's old now. Oh, movie. right, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, they never did either one, so part of that is because Mel Gibson went off the fucking rails, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and then they did the TV show, which I don't think anyone really gave a shit about. No, I heard it was actually, uh, like, fine, for
0: network TV, so yeah. that means it's It was one of those ones,
1: though, where, like, fine. it ended up being, it was, like, a nightmare behind the scenes. Like, there was, like, all these, like, cast tensions. Because then they fire the one guy?
0: Yeah, they fired their rigs, because apparently that guy's a huge asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I've, I've, the stories you hear about is that, like, kind of everyone was terrible on it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, that's,
0: there's a lot um, to get into there, but yeah, it, it seems yeah. very tense.
1: Do you know about the uh, Goonies 2 video game?
0: No, but you know what? So he, if it had to exist, that's probably the way to do it.
1: Yeah, well, here's something weird. It's not like there was... Cause remember when they made that Back to the Future game a few years back and it was kind of like the unofficial Back to the Future 4? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it, it was it, it was like cute, and it was like this nice little thing. Um, that's not what happened with the Goonies. The Goonies 2 was made in 1987, two years after the movie.
0: Hmm?
1: Yeah, it's this weird thing where... Konami, I believe, made a Goonies video game, right? Because everyone made tie-in video games for the Nintendo Entertainment System and other consoles. But it was only ever released in Japan. They never released it in the United States. But it was popular enough that it got a sequel, so they made a Goonies 2 that told an original story and it was released in the United States. So if you live in the United States, you can only get Goonies 2 on NES. Wow. And it's a completely original story about the Fratellis broke out of prison. They've kidnapped all the other Goonies save Mikey, I believe. And you have to rescue them. That's kind of the video game plot. But they also have a mermaid (laughs) that they have captured. So it's about freeing your friends and the mermaid. Huh. Which, you know what?
0: Solid plot for a Goonies sequel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the first time I've ever been convinced that, like, you know what? I'd see that. Yeah. In, in whatever form, video game form, that would have taken. I'd, I'd check that yeah. out.
1: Although the weird thing is, like, I've looked up, like, you can look it up and read the plot where it's like, oh, you gotta rescue your friend Annie, who's a mermaid, who's introduced in this story. But you play the game it doesn't really explain that until the very end she's a mermaid.
0: <laughs> oh, she just happens to be Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Um. And
1: she's on she is on the box cover as a mermaid, but like I've I can't find like instructions for it anywhere like as a PDF. I was like do the instructions at least explain that she's a mermaid? <laughs> it's such a weird detail. And uh, yeah, I think a good one. Honestly, like yeah, I would probably see a Goonies sequel if it was about rescuing a mermaid.
0: Yeah, fuck it, just that get weirder like a... with it. Yeah, more, more fantasy elements. Evolution.
1: And also doesn't get, like, too crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I feel like there's a version of it where it's like, oh, no, like, we gotta go on a pirate time travel adventure. That would be, like, terrible. Mm.
0: Or the Goonies in space.
1: Yeah, but, like, Goonies... Oh, it turns out there's a mermaid living under the goondocks. Like, that's a pretty fun idea. Yeah. And I guess this game is, like, highly regarded by people who like that era of video games. I've never played it, but... Um, interesting little tidbit right there. So, if you want your fucking Goonies sequel, there you go. Yeah.
0: I mean, if it got me interested, I'm just assuming the Goonies heads, as I'll call them, are like frothing at the mouth right now.
1: You know what, uh, I'm willing to bet, I would honestly just see any kid adventure film where they rescue a mermaid. (laughs) That seems like a fun kid plot.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what? More, More family kid adventure films with mermaids.
1: There you go. We solved the problem. Yeah.
0: And that's or why Pirates of the Caribbean 4 is a masterpiece.
1: You know what? I remember liking that one. Really? Unfortunately. <laughs> I have not seen it since it was in theaters. Oh, though. let
0: me make it clear so. to the listeners. That was 100% a joke for me. That's the first movie I, I fell asleep during.
1: <laughs> I remember that one, though, having a plot where it was like a kind of a Goonies plot. Put a thing on a thing to do a thing, yeah. you know? Like, And then I just remember the only interesting part of it was that... Uh, like, the Spanish are after him in the background because they want to get to the Fountain of Youth or some bullshit. Yeah,
0: there's, like, five different groups going for the Fountain of Youth. And it's like, yeah, for, for a and movie what, like that, it sounds kind of fun. And you watch once it. The, uh, once the cool.
1: once the Spanish get there, uh, and then the twist is that they're going to destroy the Fountain of Youth because it's anti-Christian. And I remember I mean, being like, oh, that's actually kind of fun. And that's about it. Also, Blackbeard's in it, right?
0: Yeah. Ian McShane. Like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. That, Even the last two Pirates of the Caribbean movies have, like, individual things. It's like, okay, that's fucking awesome. And then you watch the movies and it's like, ooh. Pirates are fun.
1: I hope whatever they're cooking up with the Margot Robbie one is good.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too.
1: She's been really smart with her movie choices, so, like, it gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Um, Goonies. Oh, yeah, we talked about this because Spielberg wrote the story and kind of co-directed it.
0: I don't think we ever explained that. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um
1: and Chris Columbus wrote the screenplay and he sucks, but hey.
0: Hey, he's I don't think he's doing Gremlins 3 anymore, so Thank Christ. Um please for the love of God,
1: don't let him do any more of the Christmas Chronicle movies. Oh yeah,
0: please. He just killed
1: what could have been the this generation's Goonies.
0: Yeah. That that first one's still just like such a fun surprise. <laughs>
1: Holy shit, he wrote Christmas with the Cranks.
0: <laughs> Whoa, it's all connected. All the bad things are connected. <laughs> the the Chris Columbus extended universe.
1: Yeah. Um, thank God we will never do a Chris Columbus retrospective.
0: You don't want to go over we... such classics as... Heartbreak Hotel. Um, the Bicentennial Mrs. Man. I, I was trying to find a deep cut, but I haven't seen most of them. Actually no, I love that's, you, that's, Beth
1: that's Cooper. I... remember I love you, Beth Cooper.
0: I'm trying to ignore that one because I did I, I can't did believe see we that.
1: were still making are we still making movies? I feel like it might finally be over, but it feels like it held on for a long time where it was a really greasy looking nerdy guy falls in love with a hot lady and wins her love.
0: Well, that's the like universal that a, high school experience, yeah. I saw that film in theaters.
1: (laughs) Oh, really? You did?
0: Yeah. Not my proudest moment. Well... Not worth watching. We we all see movies like that, I guess. When you're in high school, you'll see fucking anything.
1: Yeah. Try to talk your friends into going to see Michael Clayton. (laughs) And they're
0: just (laughs) like, no. (laughs) That was an HBO viewing for me, and I was like, holy fuck, this is great. You know? Yeah. Whereas my theatrical viewings were like... The Hangover... And Transformers (laughs) 2. Yeah.
1: The worst was, though, like, because I have no personality outside of movies, um, every year when it was, like, my birthday, I'd kind of be like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I'll go see a movie. And unfortunately, there were some years where there was just nothing good playing, but I felt obligated to go see a movie. And I saw some pretty bad movies on my birthday.
0: (laughs) Venom 2 almost came out on my birthday this year, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Because I actually want to see what fucking weird shit Andy Serkis and Tom Hardy cooked up. (laughs) I don't care about Venom, but they're weird enough to get me into the theater. And it's only 90 minutes, so I was like, okay, I could do that. Well,
1: that's a great sign. Yeah. Um, But that didn't happen. That Venom 2 trailer's, like, really good. You think so? I really think so. Okay. That's a really good trailer. For a goofy monster movie, which is what Venom is, yeah, it's yeah. not a superhero film. It's a goofy monster movie, yeah,
0: which is like the right approach for a, a yeah. weird Spider-Man unofficial spin-off
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't try to make and, a real
0: movie. Do that.
1: Like, I, I, that's right. I know I'm out of touch because everyone responded really strongly to the new Spider-Man trailer, mm-hmm. and then I saw, uh, I was in theaters and I saw the Venom trailer. I was like to myself, I was like, oh, that's really good. And someone next to me was like, that looks like shit. <laughs> I was like, oh okay, I guess.
0: <laughs> Venom retrospective? Hey, two movies. No, I I, I, I can't reclaim that first one.
1: <laughs> yeah, um I, I always saw part of it. No, um, nah, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things like, wow, Tom Hardy does his job.
0: Yeah, well, it's fun to watch Tom Hardy lose his mind. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's... But there's a movie around that, unfortunately. Which is not good. So, Goonies! Goonies! It's, sure, check it out if you like nostalgia. Like That's not even me being like flippant. Like, if you like that if you, era yeah, if you really of, of have a nostalgic films for young kids, for, check it out.
1: Uh-huh. And one that also acknowledges that a lot of people in the fucking 80s were living in fucking poverty. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Goonies is one of the better ones.
0: Yeah, we don't really have like class-focused films in in America right now. Unless they're like heady dramas. You notice that? Yeah. Wonder what that's about. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, the world's bad. Yeah. Um, well, Ethan's gonna hate me because he gave this five stars on Letterboxd. Oh, Ethan. Um, oh, Ethan. But, uh, which makes him the only person to give it really that high a score. <laughs> one, o- one other person
0: gave it four stars, but I'm not gonna call them out. No, there's know. a couple who who gave it higher ratings that I follow.
1: Well, yeah, but you follow idiots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> half of them gave it high star ratings. The other half gave it low star ratings. So. Now, I
1: will say this. Goonies isn't one of those movies where if I see someone's giving it a high rating, I'm like, never going to listen to their opinion again.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... But. I think we're both just like lukewarm on it, but it's we don't like yeah. have any negative feelings really about it. Yeah, no, like all the stuff we hatred. talked about, we're just like yeah, I like that, but I don't need to mm. watch it again either.
1: Also, too fucking long. I gotta say that it's this is like a ninety-minute movie and it's almost two hours.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a little long. Yeah,
1: it's a little long for me because I always kind of like start losing it right as they're getting to the pirate ship.
0: You know, every movie Wait. needs to follow. The footsteps of Venom. Let there be carnage, and be under ninety minutes without credits.
1: Why not? Yeah,
0: watch that be like the worst yeah. movie ever made. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, I mean, it might it it, it could yeah, it could be. Um, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, because ninety minutes is also like a bad sign normally because that means a studio cut that fucker down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, it could, you know, if that if it was designed to be a ninety minute movie, then it it could be a good movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Unlike the Goonies, no, no. Again, it's uh, fine. That's uh, you yeah, fine. Go check it out or don't like it. It's better than like something like Ready Player One. You know, if we're talking about like young adult adventure films.
1: I have to think about that honestly. Really? Okay. I'm not saying they're like it's better, but I it might be par for me. Okay. Okay.
0: Like,
1: yeah, because I didn't hate Ready Player One. Ready Player One gets really bad at the end, though. So, mm. uh, the the movie, I should say, the book is bad. The book is bad all
0: the way through because that guy's a hack. Fun. No.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, I don't know if I'll keep this one in, but I don't know if you ever saw um, the young girl that's playing Kamala Khan in the MCU now. She has uh-huh. a Letterboxd account, and people found her, and I was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to keep posting. So I followed her, and I'm looking through my uh, people I'm following review of The Goonies, and she gave it like two and a half stars. <laughs> Oh, no, she that's gave a... it four and a half stars. I read someone else's. She gave it four and a half stars.
1: I was about stars. to say, that's a great sign. No. I was about to say, well, okay. <laughs> no, but here's how I
0: know, regardless of the quality of the film around her, whatever Miss Marvel's going to be. Here's her two-star review of Captain Marvel from 2019. These stars are not for Brie Lawson. I will sacrifice my own life for Brie <laughs> Larson, <laughs> And that's Kamala Khan, so. That's, yeah. Isn't there like
1: a bunch of shit going on with that show though? Yeah, I
0: think it's a disaster, like a Thor: The Dark World level production disaster. Yeah. Which they, they you know, to their stop. credit,
1: they haven't had since Thor: The Dark World. Mm-hmm. So. Is that is this is that show going to be uh, tied into the MCU? Yeah,
0: it's gonna lead her uh. in to uh, the Captain Marvel sequel. Yeah, is the Marvel sequel is just called
1: Marvels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh. Because they didn't like the lukewarm reaction critically the first one got, even though it's one of their better films.
1: Yeah, even though it's, it's it's significantly better than uh, another one I saw recently. but um, Black Widow hey.
0: or, or Shang-Chi? Um, both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Black Widow was what a lot of people complained Captain Marvel was. So, um, whatever. I, those movies don't matter. Enough, no, though. no, yeah. We're so, we not getting to get
0: into that. Yeah.
1: I hope fucking Eternals is good. Yeah. We'll see. But everyone's going to. even That one could be good, though, and everyone's still going to hate it. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: It's just. That's just where we're at. Goonies for the people that Goonies. like Spirit Halloween stores. Just kidding. That's all of us. But, you know, like a, not a thumbs up, but like a sideways thumb. Like, if you're interested, sure. Why yeah. not? But you've probably seen the, it. And, if you
1: watched Rise of Skywalker and said, I want more of this, please stop watching movies, but before that, <laughs> watch the Goonies.
0: <laughs> I like how that's the one that just, like, keeps getting us.
1: Yeah, because it's... it's. I don't know. When we did that commentary, it, like, broke me. <laughs> like, I just... I was filled with hatred. <laughs> also, there was, like... There was a weird reevaluation wave coming for it, and I I I was so annoyed. But I think it died like before it could take form.
0: Matt, thank you for joining me today. I think that <laughs> kind of taps us out for these two movies. Then, yeah, right?
1: yeah. Not not One a was great
0: extre- day for us, frankly.
1: <laughs> One was extremely hateful. The other was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. We usually get more out of these, but not this time, I guess. <laughs>
1: A bad sign of things to come for Sandler, I guess. Like, uh, this is—you gotta hope that um, we get less like this. Because, uh, fuck that movie.
0: Well, here, hang on. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna respond to the individual films coming up, obviously. But let's take a look. Hi, crazy Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, no. <laughs> um, Matt, where can the people find you?
1: <laughs> I like how that could be anything we were looking at.. <laughs> <Yeah. like. laughs> um, I'm at M4 OTM1 at twitter.com.
0: And you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Check out all the other retrospectives we've done so far. Maybe get some early looks at some other stuff we got going on. Uh, send send us prayers or or, or good well wishes. Uh, you know what? No, not not all of these are the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So oh okay. <laughs> so we we'll, we'll probably be okay. But yeah, go. Uh, like and subscribe and if you didn't like this like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like so thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally unprofessional